0: Brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well beings.
1: And welcome to another episode of the real estate podcast, available on iHeart Radio every morning, and on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Tuesday morning is here, the eleventh day for October for 2022, and coming up, it's a good one. Well, it's not really a good one; it's bad, but it's a interesting one to find out more about. We are. Taking a look at fraud. Now, we know what a joyride is when somebody goes into a car yard, has no intention of buying the car, and just like wasting the time of a dealership, it seems that people are doing this with real estate. Not just any old real estate, real estate that is worth 15 to 20 to 25, 30 million dollars. So we're going to talk to Cassandra Cruz about why somebody would go into a high-end luxury property with an agent and pretend that they've got millions of dollars and spin a line and waste everybody's time. And don't just think this is one or two people. It seems that this is happening quite a bit around Australia. And we'll also talk to Munro, a buyer's agent, who has had an example of a complete flonker, wasting his time in exactly this fashion. So we'll take a look at all of that next.
0: It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's the main Centre Forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day.
1: On this Tuesday morning, let's head around Australia checking on your weather and in Sydney expecting partly cloudy skies. Should be mainly dry today, 21 degrees. Also mainly dry in Melbourne, 22 is your forecast high. Brisbane should be mainly fine, 24 is your forecast top and expecting 21 degrees in Perth and a mostly fine and sunny day.
0: We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts, and what's trending every morning from 6.30.
1: Well, there is a bit of an oddity that is happening in the space of high-end luxury properties. Firstly, we know people have made small fortunes in the real estate market, but some people want to give the impression to others that they are highly successful individuals, and with that, lie about their wealth and what they are up to. And I want to welcome into the podcast this morning, Associate Professor Cassandra Cross of the School of Justice at the Queensland University of Technology. Hey, Cassandra, good morning to you. Welcome to the Real Estate Breakfast.
2: Good morning, and thank you for having me.
1: This is really weird, isn't it, what people are up to?
2: Probably not as weird for me having worked in this area for over a decade Um, but it's certainly I guess just another example of the lengths to which offenders will go to in order to try and gain a financial advantage and, and get some money.
1: Yeah, that's the key is gaining a financial advantage. Now, we know about the romance scammers out there, and Netflix really did educate a lot of people with the Tinder swindler, which was pretty obvious to watch this guy at the center of the documentary. But he had the attraction of girls thinking that he was a high roller with the way that he was representing himself. And that is probably the key to it, Cassandra the way somebody is representing themselves with wealth.
2: Absolutely. So when Netflix released that documentary earlier this year, for me, I was, I guess, having a mainstream moment for a lot of my friends and family and those who have been aware of the research I've been doing, but not really understood it. And I think what was great about the Tinder Swindler was it did demonstrate, I guess, the different techniques that Simon was using in order to present this image of power, of status, of wealth, and how he was able to groom and manipulate several women into giving him I think it was tens or if not hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah, and the power, it's a power play because while I was watching it thinking, how can you be sucked in by this person? Because the guy, in terms of his personality, he was just so fake with the way that he was doing it. But I think you look at social media and the way that people hobnob. uh, And this is people that actually have money that are very flashy. They like showing off on their Instagram accounts. They might have bought a new car. This kind of just helped people dovetail into this whole lie, this conspiracy of fraud with what he was doing.
2: It's certainly very challenging from the outside to watch a documentary like that or to have friends or family that are going through the experience. And it's difficult for an outsider to really understand the dynamics of the relationship and to, I guess, try and understand how the victim doesn't see what's actually happening. But I think that really demonstrates the reality of fraud victimisation and it demonstrates the various techniques that offenders deliberately use in order to manipulate and to exploit victims. So offenders will use a variety of grooming techniques, they'll use a variety of social engineering techniques such as um, urgency and authority and this idea of status and wealth that we've spoken about. And in several cases, they'll also use a number of psychological abuse techniques in order to, I guess, deliberately and purposefully lure the victim in and get them to do things that they otherwise wouldn't do in different circumstances.
1: Now there was a recent article about this with Domain last week And one of the real estate agents was talking about showing some of these scammers through property, and we'll be talking to one of them in just a moment, and didn't quite get the end game because they didn't hear from that person again, but they found out that they didn't have any money. So talk to that. What are they up to there? Are they taking photos? How is that all sort of working in the end game for fraud?
2: Sure. So, in those particular circumstances, the end game is not likely to be the property itself. So, it's not surprising that the real estate agent doesn't have any further contact. What I would assume is happening in those situations is that the offender is using the the open houses, the properties to build up that image of status and wealth. So if they're in a relationship with someone, for example, and going to look at multi-million dollar properties on the premise that they're looking to buy it, they're portraying this image of of wealth and of power. And therefore, when they then ask that person for money down the track, which is likely to happen, um, there'll be some emergency, some reason why they can't access their, their accounts, and they'll ask for an amount of money from the victim. And the victim likely won't think twice, knowing that the person says they're good for it, that they've demonstrated that they're good for it around the fact that they are looking to purchase properties and probably other high-end vehicles and other things like that.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty interesting, Cassandra. Let's right now bring in Munro Donan from Property Buyer, And good morning, Munro. I understand that you've got your own experience with deception and fraud in this area. What happened?
0: Yeah, Craig, a really interesting story. Um, I had an experience last year during the COVID where I was approached by a $15 to $20 million buyer who had moved here from New Zealand who was looking to buy a prestige property in the eastern suburbs and went out looking for specific properties. He had very specific requirements and specific architectural design that he liked. He also wanted to look at the North Shore. So uh, together with Rich, we put together a couple of opportunities in Mossman and on the lower North Shore. And we started our journey with this particular gentleman. And eventually we found a particular property in Bellevue Hill on Warren Road, went to see the property a couple of times, said to me, what do you think it's worth? I did a bit of due diligence and homework. I said to him, look, anywhere between 16, 250 and 17. I said to him, do you have a solicitor? He said, no. Can you refer me to somebody? I said, sure. I referred him to one of the solicitors we work with. And the process with a buyer's agent is early on, we check if the client has finance. And he said to me, I don't need finance. I'm a cash buyer. I said, great. Uh, With no disrespect, I do need to have some evidence that you have the funds available. Absolutely no problem, he said to me. The solicitor I'd referred him to and sent the contract to never returned calls to them and yet still carried on playing the game. He arrived here from New Zealand with this lady he'd met, a a very attractive Brazilian lady who I'd didn't meet because he'd broken up with her. He told me by the time he'd come on to me and started working with me. Um, And I don't understand what it is, Craig, if people just have so much time on their hands to waste, or they have an inferiority complex, or what it is that drives them to behave in this manner.
1: Okay, well, yeah, very strange behaviour. Munro, thanks for jumping on the call and talking to us this morning about that terrible
0: experience. Thank you, Craig, and always a pleasure.
1: Cassandra, I guess because the real estate market over the last two and a half plus years has been so hot that maybe there's a lot of uh, misreporting, underreporting of this sort of abuse going on around the place.
2: Oh, absolutely. So we know that fraud statistics generally, um, fraud is one of the lowest categories of crime reported. So most research generally asserts that less than a third of, of fraud is reported. I'd probably assume it's a bit less than that. But we do know the stats in terms of fraud and Australians are losing increasing amounts to fraud. So last year in 2021, Australians lost over $2 billion to fraud across all different categories, including this one, which was more than Double that in 2020. So it's some significant losses that are out there but it's likely to only be a minority of what's actually happening.
1: Yeah, because I remember seeing on 60 Minutes, I guess this was the equivalent of the Tinder Swindler for Australia, you were mentioning about the fact that they go there with the partner to show the luxury property. This is what happened to this particular woman and she thought that her new husband was very well healed to the max that he was going to be able to afford to buy it.
2: Absolutely. And I think we can't underestimate the skill um, of many of these offenders and their ability to, as I said, manipulate and exploit people. So they're very well versed at deception. They're very good at portraying themselves in a particular way. I think that must be completely exhausting. But for many, they are very good at it, and they are able to keep up a ruse of a particular, I guess, personality, um, which isn't true. But in doing that, they're able to gain likely money from their victims um, under the assumption that they are an entirely different person.
1: Well, it's a fascinating subject, and uh, thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. I think that it's probably just the tip of the iceberg, eh, with what is going on.
2: Sadly, that's the case. So I guess for any listener out there. Um, that people aren't necessarily who they say they are. And particularly um, in relationships, sometimes we get a a bit blinded by our feelings and by emotions. When anyone asks for money, no matter who it is, to really think hard about whether or not you you can afford to lose that money, which is what might actually happen.
1: Yes, indeed. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Cassandra, for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. We
0: connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.